You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch. Where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Hopefully the last time I have to hear this. So wrestling happened, which is why we're here. I don't know if you make good or bad of it, but we're going to have to use this review to find that out. That being said, happy Sunday night all. Tonight we come to you off of the heels of WWE TLC 2019. It is still surprisingly early in the evening for a pay-per-view. It is December 15th, 2019. This is the last pay-per-view, not only the year, but the decade. This also counts as episode 356 of Talk Brunch Live, your WWE TLC 2019 post-show. So without further ado, introducing my co-pilot, my co-host, Mr. Destin Frazier. Correction, welcome to the TLCC post-show. Tables, ladders, chairs, a chicken. Oh, yeah. Brought to you by KFC. Eat it, <laughs> eat it if you want to die. Not, not sure Quick. if that's the that was the original logo. It might have changed it somewhere down the road. I lose track. Yeah, that's it somehow. Yeah. That being said, shout out to everybody listening across airwaves and different timelines. Shout out to the chat room that's live with us right now with Stasis Dreams and AC, EB Gamer, Joe Woko, Willie V Two, Barb's Subset Eight Eighty Six. Mr. E35, Five Striker 24, same old Mikey joining us, long time no see, pal of mine, and also currently those of you listening to the live broadcast over at talkbrunch.com, and of course the rest of you who are listening on the Mad VI iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps. We're still available on every major digital audio provider. How the hell haven't we gotten banned? I don't know, but we're on SoundCloud, just search talkbrunch. You can visit talkbrunch.com for that, plus social media links. Replays of all our content. You could just tell your Alexa to play that talk from the podcast and listen to you as well. So there we go. That's a good question. How haven't we got banned? <laughs> I could do whatever the hell we want. It's our airways. <laughs> Dang, we out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, this pay per view was interesting in a lot of ways. To me, it felt like your your average uh, weekly stuff. You know, nothing too special. Nothing too different. Out of the ordinary. What are your thoughts of the overall before we go into the matches? Yeah, it didn't feel like it was supposed to be a special night. I'm kind of right there with you. Towards, I mean, the by the time the last match showed up, I was kind of excited throughout that. But I mean, yeah, it was just. It kind of felt like let's just get through the day. Like, yeah, that doesn't speak. And for even the like as early as we're matches, here, it's weirdly. Yeah, and that doesn't speak for the body of the matches, though. To be fair, like the matches, a lot of these matches really delivered. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, that being said, we start off with a kickoff, which plays that TMZ style segment that they're very proud of with Lana and Rusev. They call it TLC, right? TLC on oh, TV. God. And, uh, it's just, <laughs> just in case you haven't had enough of this, uh, Lana, Rusev, Lashley love triangle, you have the TLC parody TMZ segment where it's doing the camera shots, even using the font. Uh, similar sound to the, to the reporter that they have there. You know, if they really wanted to, uh, similar to back when the attitude error was around and, uh, the stations were trolling them and basically trying to censor them. 
What did they do? They made the actual right to censor, which was parodying the people who were complaining about their programming every week. It would be cool if they actually made a stable that was like the TMZ paparazzi. Oh, my God. Yes. Like whenever anything's happening, like with the Miz and his family and the Fiend or when something's happening, like with Lashley and, and Lana, these people just pop out and like they're just there to like take spots, you know, like they'll just come and take a signature and a finisher. Like they come at inconvenient times and they're just paparazzi. And they even have like backstage segments like that little room that the TMZ guys have where like all Kathy's oh, sitting oh around the God. office talking like a little water cooler conversation. Like they'll just do their version of that, you know, at some point have a baby face bust into it and kick everybody's ass. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is yeah that's one of those bits where you could have it be just a whole bit it's like the whole name comes from like their all of their first names you already got mike canellas and zach ryer so you just need a t yeah there you go you know just do something like that just have a, a, a freaking paparazzi style stable that goes around getting in everybody's business that's how secrets get out I, I, you know, I have something that's how, to look forward to on Monday nights again. You know, it would make more sense when someone gets caught saying something on a backstage segment. You know, it would be almost like GTV but modern because it's actually paparazzi. You know, they should run with this. Run with that TLC on TV thing. Don't just let it be a Rusev, Lana, Lashley thing. Like, just have it as right? a stable, you know? You won't always know who's in it either. Like, you'll have your main guys who are in it, like the right to censor then. But then it'll be someone who you don't expect during later on. Like, not you. You're paparazzi also. Oh, you know, God. you can go everywhere with that. The greatest heel turns ever. Are you kidding me? You go everywhere. And people would hate it just as much as the right to censor. It'd be like the modern day right to censor. Because nowadays, oh, right to censor God. would be babyface because people censor themselves way more than the right to censor was trying to. You know? <laughs> like back then, right to censor was like, boo, these people don't want us to speak our mind or offend others. Nowadays, that's just the fans. Everybody's easily right. offended. You know, right to censor right, would fit right, right, right in. Right, right to censor would be the opposite. Boo, shut the fuck up. They would have raised an army. If, if, if Right to Censor right came on current time, everyone would have been agreeing with them that we need to tone our shit down. So, right to, <laughs> you know, so Right to Censor wouldn't work modern days because everyone would be like, you guys are right. Completely backfire. There's too much nudity and profanity and insulting each other. Everyone should come together and have peace. That's what they were really saying, right? When you look at it, what was heal about them in today's society? Not a damn thing. That was just for back then. So, yeah, you would need something more updated like the paparazzi, which is what we have here with the TMZ style segment with Lana and Rusev. So I, I give them kudos for that. Uh, Booker T definitely adds he's something that if we were going to continue to go this way, th- this uh, this Jerry Springer style of storytelling, because that's what it is. Let's be real about it. Yeah. If we're going to continue to do that, I'd like Booker T there because Booker T is the kind of guy that just says things that uh, it's, it's very real, but funny. You know, like he said, he said, <laughs> this is what I did with my ex-wife. I said, he. <laughs> You take the money and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Yo, that was the greatest line that whole thing. Oh shit. He's great. So yeah, Yo, they should yeah. keep doing these kind of things. Those are those are very clever. Lots of fun to be had there. And they're proud of it. You know when WWE's proud of something because they can't stop showing it to you. Every chance they had, they were running it. Right. Problem like, with yeah. that is it's own bits like that are only funny the first time. You can tell that pushing it. You could tell that that's one of those things they stood up like late, late Saturday night working on, right? You know, you could tell. We've all yeah. done it. Anyone who's a content creator has had that one thing that no one really notices, but it was really hard to do. So you want to use it a lot. That's that video for them. They they went through a lot of trouble, spent a lot of resources to make that look like a TMZ thing. They're proud. Vince probably watched it a couple of times. He pro- It probably didn't get over with him the first time. They had to like make adjustments. They're so happy. Everyone's so proud of that. I'm proud of them, too. Look how long we've been talking about it. That's my way of showing my gratitude. I'm so proud of them for it. You know, I don't want them to think it goes unrecognized, but damn, they showed it every chance they got. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's almost like they they made us go through months of Lana stuff just for that video. It almost feels like like, yeah. that, was the, like that was the end game, right? Like we just have to get like if we could just make it to this damn video. You know, that was like, the cli- that, that was the climax of the whole storyline. That, that video, it just ends after that. that. That was their M Night Shyamalan. That was the whole. <laughs> that was the end game right there. Was to make it to the TMZ video and then look back at everything you saw and go, "Oh, I get it Shyamalan, I'm done. I totally get it. Now I have to. I might have to go back and watch the pay per view twice now that I know how it ended. I'm going to be oh, looking at it God. differently. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, TMZ, good for them. Yeah, it was funny. Good for them. All right, well, we had a singles match during this kickoff, which was Andrade being accompanied by Zelina Vega against Humberto Carrillo with the finish. Finish of this match, uh, that gorgeous, I think probably the best moonsault in WWE by Humberto for the win. Yeah, he gets a lot of air on those. Very, very, very good. You know, um, he got Andrade got busted open somehow in this. Uh, I, I believe it was EB or in the chat room. Someone in the chat room said that it was a corner spot that he took. I think it might have been maybe that drop kick when uh, he went for the double knees and then Roberto caught him in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, open him up though. Yeah, this was a TLC pay per view. They need to chill out a little bit, right? <laughs> they beat the shit out of each other. Like, what the hell match. was this? How was it going for a regular pay per view? You know, just like a little filler pay per view. And I was like, man, everybody's trying to kill each other. And they're trying to really take each other out. They're hurling weapons across the ring directly at each other's heads and shit. It's like, you're really trying to, to end the other person here. You would have thought they had tables, ladders, or chairs to use the way they beat each other up in this match. Rough times, man. Like, good lord. Like, they, like, this match was physical. Like, I <laughs> Midway through, I'm like, this needs to be stopped. Even even the fried chicken wasn't safe. Incredible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also uh, Garillo's inverted uh, Rano off of the top rope nearly killed him because he landed on his head when he came off of the top like that, or he somewhat landed on it. You know, so thank yeah, you. He, he he landed kind of funky on that poison Rano for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah, got to be careful. You got to be careful that. with that move in general, especially that high up. Yeah. Other than that, that's a good choice as a as a filler match. You know. I have no oh, it was great. Whatsoever about it. You can't put them two on a pre-show again. If we go do this again, you got to bump up on main card. Yeah. yeah, this could possibly be our shortest uh, show ever because there's not really much to talk about. But, but the content of the matches, there's no gossip here. If that's what you're here for. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? We should also be looking at some of these voting results too. I'm gonna make you guys vote. And I know it's posted on the room, but for anyone that's listening on demand, so the kickoff, we had 29 percent of you thinking that it was gonna be Andrade with Humberto Garrido going with the 71 percent. Being the winner, yeah. good job, Warren. Very good job by both of them. Very, very good job. Nice to see them take cruiserweights a little bit more seriously. If that's yeah. what considered, I don't know if Andrade's um, ever been. But yeah, I, then again, I don't even know if Humberto could be considered a cruiserweight anymore. I mean, he's at that weight, but he hasn't been really a part of that division since he came up to Raw. Yeah, it is funny with weight because as much as people say that they go by big guys versus small guys, it kind of feels like this company. You're as big as they want you to be. Right. You, you could be seven foot two and they would make you a midget if they felt like it. If they don't like you, they'd be like, look at how short and stupid he is. It'd be another person <laughs> shorter than Shorty G. Like they don't care. Like they don't. It's almost <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's incredible in a lot of ways. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, next was our WWE SmackDown tag team title ladder match. The New yeah. Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston defending the titles against the Revival, Dash and Dawson. Well, I love how during the pre-show felt the need to get in Booker's face like Booker said something crazy and I was like yeah was I like re- it. 
it, it almost felt like yeah, like I don't know if he was um he was working as well. I'm assuming when you're out there, you know what they say, everything's a work. You know, Ryback's even said that on his show, like everything's a work when you're out there. So maybe that was just part of the work with Booker because he sort of got hot, you know. But it was like might might have just been a kayfabe hot. He was like because he was talking about how he had to maintain his composure and not kick their asses. Because in my head, I'm sitting there going. You could talk all that shit about Harlem Heat, but Harlem Heat never got a tag title shot because their contract was about to go out. So, I mean, hey, <laughs> which is weird. You know, on the and I know this is somewhat unrelated, but it is related at the same time. Did you know that on the SmackDown leading into this, the, the Revival dude busted his ass? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dash Wilder tripped over the piece of the stage. Yeah, I didn't see that till I saw a video it, on YouTube. It looks so bad that I thought it was just part of the act. Where it's just like, there's no way oh. that that I had to rewind. It was like, there's no way that this man just fell like that. Yo, it was amazing. It was worse than Lillian. Yeah, like <laughs> I was just thinking that must be part of just the uh, you know, just how upset they are. Ooh. You know, like I almost thought, like when I first saw, it, I almost thought it was kind of like uh. Carlito's first WrestleMania when he just did like a little back roll down the ramp. I don't think it was something like that, but it's like, no, he he somehow didn't see that big ass piece of the freaking set and then trip over it. Like Yo, let's bring this up on screen here. Oh my god, I gotta see this again. This is amazing. Like this was the funniest thing ever. This is... <laughs> like, how do you trip over that thing? It's right outside the curtain. Yeah, right. Give me a minute. Let me see if I could get this on screen here. Of course, it's when like we want to somebody... put something funny on, we gotta have shit act up. It's like if somebody bumped into the SmackDown fist. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> well, they'd have to be pretty high up to bump into the SmackDown. Exactly. <laughs> I love he had to think about it for a second, too. <laughs> we don't have the fist anymore, so that would be equivalent. Yeah, you know, I'm going to just go to the link itself and see if we could get it to come out that way. Oh, God. Somebody on the Revival's PR team's like, no, 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 none of this. Oh, we'll get it. We always get it here. So you guys don't know about right. us. Yeah, here we go already. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> See the way he fell there? <laughs> I got to make this for people on demand. Oh, God. And, it, and you know what the worst part about it is? It's not even like it got to the part where like the lights are slightly dim. The lights were on. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he just busted his ass. That is what <laughs> That was like our first time at the skate ring bust fall. Like it was Yeah, that poor man. Oh Jesus Christ, say fall. <laughs> oh God. And the best part about it is the young bucks did not hesitate to get on that one. Already? Yeah, uh, I think it was Matt on Twitter was like fall the revival. <laughs> no games, no flip. Wanna look at it just again. Fist, <laughs> <laughs> and he tells him, he's like, I fell. Look at him trying to walk out. I can't believe that. To try to throw Shorty G and Mustafa Ali off their game. Corey, I just think the Revival are upset, but maybe they're practicing. Oh, my God. I love how Grace has the nerve to try to sell it. That's Cole who's trying to... to, to Fix it for them. Good for him, man. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. I, I, That's what you're out there to do. I mean, there's, there's a line. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, I'm proud of him. I, I watched the man clearly tripping with that piece of set bust his ass. Ain't no saving it. 
<laughs> yeah, that was for tomorrow night's SmackDown segment. That's why it took me a minute to fish it out. But I'm like, you know what? We're not going to really talk SmackDown if we're talking a pay-per-view right now, you know? So we'll just talk about a few things relevant to it. But yeah, anyone who didn't see him fall during his entrance, uh, I'll put it up for you in a few minutes. Don't worry. It'll be up there. Oh, my God. Yeah, was something one. else. So uh, Revival versus New Day with the finish New Day going over here. This was a ladder match. Um, as far as the match goes, Kofi was really popping the crowd here. Like there were spots that they love. Like when he came down, I know you're, you're going to know what I'm talking about when they tipped the ladder and he came down from the top and he sort of springboarded off of the ladder into almost like a flatliner DDT yeah. style move. You could tell he was going for a, a tornado DDT, but just the angle was kind of weird. But. They called it a tornado, but I didn't see one, so I'm not calling it that. You know, like I heard them afterwards call it that. It would it would have even been closer to an arm drag, but it looked like very flatliner esque. But yeah, maybe he was going for that. Um, yeah, something about the way he hooked his head. I think that's what it would make it look like that. But yeah, like I I didn't think about it, how long it's been since Kofi's been in a ladder match. Mm-hmm, and you know, he's always he's good in those. He knows how to perform. Yeah. You know, People um, talk about the Rumble spot. You forget how wild he is in ladder matches. Yeah, absolutely. You have Biggie also was giving Dawson a uh, suplex through a ladder that was set up like in the corner. That looked really bad. Um, wilder than splashing Biggie, I believe, it was even through the same ladder setup. Like there was the same little configuration of ladders there. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Dawson suplexed him where he basically hit the ladder. Biggie didn't even touch the thing. But then, uh, yeah, Dawson wound up splashing through that ladder after that. That was. That's when I said in the chat, fuck yeah, this makes me want to go get my ladders. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, nothing good ever comes from that ladder bridge spot. Oh, that spot has never ended well. Yeah, I liked when Biggie hit the big ending on Wilder um, off of the ladder also. Really cool looking. Um and yeah, Kofi and Dawson were struggling at the top and Kofi, that looked really crazy because they're struggling at the top and then Kofi swings uh, the titles that are dangling above them. He sort of uses them. You guys seen it before, a sequence where he grabs them and he uses them as a weapon. He swings them into Wilder. He takes this nasty back bump into the ladders that are down at the bottom that were already broken. Right, I've never seen somebody bump on a broken ladder. Yeah, which was the finish. That's how Kofi didn't pull the <laughs> wins, you know. But yeah, but it looked rough. Everything looked rough this paper. You got to give them credit for something. It wasn't extreme rules. It's TLC, which still should have bad bumps. This had bad bumps. More extreme. Yeah, than I think rules. Uh, one thing that almost scared me for a little bit is when uh Kofi sprung uh, sprung to the outside, hit the ladder that uh, the revival were carrying. I think that the revival the, uh, the ladder hit. I think Dawson in the knee. It looked like. Yeah, they gotta be careful. What is it with that thing? It's like he has he has like magnets on his knees. He must have. <laughs> he like, yeah, why is it like no matter where you are, like it's the knees, you know? Fucking got a knee transplant from Magnet Man? Like what the fuck? Like, it's gotta be careful, man. You don't want to become injury prone. If you become known as injury prone, then they'll uh you know, as it is that that's one of the things Triple H has said in the past, that at the end of the day the reason why Vince doesn't invest in tag teams very much is because he doesn't like the fact that like if one guy's down you lose two. You sort of like a two for one. Now your your act is fucked. Yeah, you know. Now you lose double the money, double the resources because you're these two guys, and one's not really over without the other. So now it's ruined. So Vince doesn't like investing in a lot of tag teams for that reason, which is what you wind up becoming is um, permanently tag teamed at best if you start being injured a lot. So if you ever want to have a singles run, you know, don't don't uh don't get injured a lot in a tag team. You know, which as it is, like I said, the tag teams aren't something that they are, that he's big on. I mean, I don't think we needed to, to hear that like a revelation. Like, really? Vince isn't big on tag teams? I didn't, I didn't no, notice. He, stop playing. <laughs> he, he of all people, I thought he, I thought that was his, you know. 
So yeah, but that's the reason behind it. He doesn't like when one guy gets yeah. injured, which there's a there's a logic to that. If one guy gets injured, he's right. The other guy, uh, you know, you're, you're screwed in a lot of cases. Sometimes, it, in, in rare cases, though, it gives the other person a chance to shine. Uh, yeah, I don't think that would... too often. I know that was the case when I think Harper, when the yeah. Wyatt's first split, when he when Rowan got hurt. Yeah, but that's a very loose term of shine if you're using Harper as your standard. You know what I mean? I would look more at like JBL breaking off with uh, Farouk. Yeah, and, and going on example. to become the JBL gimmick when he used to just be Bradshaw. You know what I mean? That's a huge break off. You know, not someone who sort of stood mid card or, or Jeff Hardy. You know, Jeff Hardy broke off. It took Matt until almost like the last few years to really come into his own. But Jeff became like a character without Matt. Roldog and Billy Gunn never really did that much. You know what I mean? They're both yeah. they, super they, they over. existed without yeah. the other, but it's like it was never good. You're good they, they were, they, it, you they know? were still at the same level in this. It, it was awful. It was awful. I can't even say it was never good. It was some of the worst shit ever. When you had Road Dog on a singles run and Billy Gunn at a singles run, suddenly so you had to watch oh, Road yeah. Dog and so Billy you, Gunn so in what, separate matches. So what you're telling me is you didn't like the one Billy Gunn with his belly ring? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Like the <laughs> one Billy Gunn. I didn't like that at all. You know. Oh. Sometimes tag teaming uh, doesn't work out when you have one guy without the other. So yeah, those guys really need to be careful. Especially those two. Mm-hmm. Anything else about this match? Um, for being in very few ladder matches, like we said, Biggie did really good. Uh, that big ending off the ladder that was unexpected. I don't think he's ever done one of those before. So, mm-hmm. very very cool attempt by him. He's getting safer with that suicide spear. As much as I'm still uncomfortable about it, he that's the best he's ever landed on that move. Yeah, definitely. And uh. Yeah, overall, I thought it looked really good. I think they do need to have Woods back and, and do something else. You know, it's like, it's just the same thing over and over again. What are the, the revival? Are they like five or six time tag team champions already, just based on the amount of, of uh, hot potato they play with the title? Okay, I think it's like, yeah, it's like three right now. I think Already three. Look at that. Yeah. You know, so those three times they wanted to leave. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully Woods definitely does get healed up soon, though. So get him back in the mix as well. All right, so what do we have next on this uh, list here? Oh, did I give the percentages on that one? He did not. Okay, results here are 73% of you wanted New Day to go over, 27% thought the Revival was going over. So you're right about New Day. It's a New Day. Yes, it is. Sort of. Yes, it is. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. All right, so next was... uh, Alistair Black versus uh, Buddy Murphy, was it? Yep. Black and Murphy. Finish of this after a crazy sequence of, sequence of dodges. Uh, Alistair goes over with the Black Mass. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. In a fight. <laughs> I like that this started with some good technical chain wrestling. Good transitions, you know, good um, good reversals and stuff. It was a fast pace opening to chain wrestling. And then somehow led into heavy striking with Alistair Black. I don't know. They were selling his jaws being broken. I don't know if it was his nose or his jaw or what the hell was going on there, but his face definitely was had some damage to it. He looked yeah. like he got hit in the face with a shovel by the end of this match. But what what was the initial, like, what was the, was there a work and a shoot injury going on at the same time? Because it looked like his nose was so, messed up, but they're, tell, but they're telling me his jaw. Was it both? Like, they, was he they, legit? They were definitely, I think, selling the jaw because of how he reacted from the knee. I don't think the nose was a planned thing, though. Because he was even selling the jaw, even though his nose was clearly fucked up, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the jaw was the work injury. 
Interesting. Yeah, he he didn't look very good. It's hard to stay intimidating oh. when when the guy who knocked at your door and you're like, who dares knock on my door? And then like you know, five minutes into the match, you're like breathing out of your mouth and you look all, <laughs> you know, your eyes are swelled <laughs> up and you're it was just like, wow, is that the same guy? Is that the who dares knock on my door, dude? No way. Did more without weapons than most people can do with a full full tray of them. Yeah, like yeah, Dave great, great striking too. Great striking, great jumping knees. You know, I, I really like this. But yeah, no, nah, it was just I get what that some things are unplanned. But it, I said that on here when Atami broke his nose and he came back out to the ring with tissue stuffed in both his nostrils. Kind of like it's hard to maintain that tough guy look when you look like that at the moment. It doesn't just say tough guy. You know, when's the last time you bought a tough guy poster and his nostrils were plugged? That's sort of how I'm looking at the uh, Alistair Black, where it's like he's supposed to be like the tougher dude in this, even though Buddy Murphy's a badass. It, you know, again, who dares knock on my door? Me, the guy who broke your nose and your whole face right away. <laughs> you know, guy who you try. It's like it felt. It felt like he like it went from him being like the uh, like like the hunter to the hunted. Like you know, he's just trying to survive through this match. You know, like if I could just there get through some, this, you know. There were definitely certain times where you could tell, like, he was sitting there like, maybe I shouldn't have answered that door just one time. Like, Yeah, you know, maybe maybe, maybe you need to get a peephole installed. <laughs> when his buddy Murphy don't open the door. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be the greatest thing. The freaking scene from The Shining. Here's Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, use that peephole, bro. But this was, oh my god, this match was even, I knew this match was going to be good, because stylistically they match up, it was even better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, very good, and even though he had that injury and he looked bad, he was able to get in an equal amount of offense in the end, and at the end of the day, he does go over the black mask, right? So, Yeah, I mean, god, they hit like, it was like a three or four dodge sequence, and then that black mask just literally out of the blue. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. I think that's one. I think that's the best match I've seen Alistair have since he's been in the WWE. Look at how they got that lucky hidden gem with Buddy Murphy, huh? You never would have thought it. They got a guy right. that knows how to work his ass off better than the, the one that they're actually pushing. Really, I like Alistair Black and everything. He's he's good, but Buddy Murphy's naturally a really good, talented wrestler, athlete, and worker. You know, overall. Yeah, he's so. that Smash Mouth style of his has always been kind of his bread and butter. So it's like. That's any indication. The crowd was loving it by the end. So it's like, if that's any indication, like, start pushing this dude. Yeah, please do. Please do. So then comes the highlight of the night, which we've all been waiting for. Because four (laughs) lucky fans get to eat KFC in front of all these fucking people. Isn't that the best treat you can get? Like, look, we're going to put a table. They couldn't pay me to do that, first of all. We're going to put a table out in front of the pay-per-view to all the wrestling fans that are 99.9% chance of probably thinking, fuck you, because no one cares if you're a wrestling fan. You think the wrestling fans are thinking, oh, how nice, the people eating the KFC down there. <laughs> They're going to pop for you. They're gonna, they they want to watch more wrestling. Think about you as a fan when you see these people. You're just saying, get past this shit. You don't want to see the KFC people, right? Then you have them down there eating chicken in front of everybody. Isn't that awkward as hell, man? Like, I would be able to enjoy my chicken. Like, you know, because I know wrestling fans. You'd have to be ignorant to how wrestling fans are for you to be comfortable taking up pay-per-view time at your own table at ringside eating chicken. Like, the whole time, it was bugging me because I was like, you're still eating that fucking chicken, aren't they? And yeah. They and then when, they, and then when they snapped back to him, I was like, you're still eating the goddamn chicken. Yeah, exactly. Like, Stacey said, give me my bucket and my seat, and then don't put the camera on me every few minutes. That's also crazy. I'm not going to enjoy this chicken if during the match... <laughs> Every couple of spots, the camera's back on me. I don't know who gets that as a reward. 
the fucking what is this candy chicken? Like, no. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can tell when celebrities, or even on the UFC, when they cut to somebody who's a celebrity, oh, look who's in the crowd. You could tell a lot of these guys, sometimes they're being nice, but they're thinking, ah, shit. You know, you could see it in their faces. They're waving or whatever. They stand up and clap like, ah, shit. Just wanted to watch this show. If that's people that are famous, like imagine it's regular people. You know what I mean? You'd have to be a hungry motherfucker to be able to comfortably eat that chicken in that environment with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know who my favorite person was who always used to show up on camera? Remember when they used to be takeovers and they get Neville on camera? Neville would just ignore the fucking camera. Yeah, exactly. He just like, would, like the camera's out there. He just don't move, don't wave, don't do shit till they get off. That's how they chose. They have Kevin Dunn in the back looking through the hard cameras in the truck, and they pick the hungriest looking people they could find for that <laughs> fucking segment. They look at them eating their weeks. Give them some chicken. You have to be a hungry motherfucker to be able to eat with the camera cutting to you like you're part of the show. And they didn't get to finish the chicken. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Don't spoil the fate of the chicken. <laughs> That's what everybody's looking forward to, you know? That's the next Star Wars movie for you, the chicken. Oh, yeah. Better than what we got. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. you, so uh, so the, the match is the Raw Open Challenge Tag Team title match. If you guys recall last week on the Monday show, we said that uh, we didn't know who, uh, who the uh, Viking Raiders were going to pick, but our predictions were going to be uh, the OC. Which is what it really turns out to be. So it really wasn't so much an estimate. That was the match that was had. So that puts our votes accurate. And what was once a rumored match. So we had uh, 83% of you thought the Viking Raiders were going to retain. Whereas 8% of you thought Gallows and Anderson were going to go over. And 8% of you were DQ no contest. Did we do the Alistair Black one, right? 82% Alistair Black, 18% Buddy Murphy. So yep. just in case we didn't. But anyway, so getting back to this match. Uh, 8% of you were right because it ends in a count out. That's amazing. There's a count out. And so after, basically what we're saying is the Viking Raiders have now twice failed to actually beat the OC. Yeah. But yet they're still tag champions. I, I don't get it. Yeah. So now you can go ahead and tell them about the uh, the fate of the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so the poor chicken, the innocent bystander it was, ain't done harm to nobody. The Raiders sweep the chicken off the, off the, off the table and then drive poor Carl Anderson said through said chicken and mashed potatoes table. What a waste. If you right. like, if you have a, ch- uh, a table full of chicken and food like that, you put the person through all of it. You don't like wipe it off the table. Like when you're cleaning the table for your opponent, like why didn't you put him through the chicken, the mashed potatoes, the gravy, all that shit. You know what I mean? Oh. You collide him. You make a big nasty mess out of his ass. It's just weird to me that it was like, let me clear this table first and then put him through. You're putting him through a table. The match is already over. The ref's trying to stop you. You're already doing the wrong thing. You're doing you're you're disobeying authority at this point. But amidst all this chaos, anger, and rage, you're like, first let me clear the table. People don't even always clear the table in their own houses. And this guy, amongst all his rage and anger and shit going through the frustration of the count out that I didn't even notice. Let me clear the table first. I don't wouldn't want I wouldn't want this guy that I hate to get some gravy on his fucking wrestling trunks. He cleared, he cleared the table like you would put them through the commentary table. He's on Mars, motherfucking chicken and mashed potatoes, driving through a table like a man. Jesus. Yeah, what a waste. And then the crowd booed, and I didn't know if they were. Half of them were probably booing because it's a waste of food, and the other half were booing because it wasn't used and it wasn't incorporated into the bump. And they were probably booing because we didn't get an actual finish. There were I couldn't three think different of a, causes for booing in this match. I couldn't think of a worse use of food. 
You know, it was neither used in the spot nor did anyone get to eat it. It was just there to be swatted off. And the poor people didn't get French chicken. You know, it's not like that. It's not like that food KFC comes with actual utensils. The shit in there is plastic. Everything in there would have exploded. It would have been great. It would have looked better than what they had. It would have been the table plus there would have been KFC, which is the themed sponsored food all over the place. Carl Anderson would have been on injury road because he got a piece of a plastic fork in his back. They would have been able to plug the product more. Oh, look at all that KFC that he got all over the place. It's everywhere. (laughs) Don't waste your KFC. It's like everywhere you go, there's KFC now. They could have done so much with that. They could have done so much with that. And they clear the fucking table. It's like everywhere you go, it's KFC. Oh, God. Isn't it weird how WWE has forgotten how to do food spots and restaurant spots? Like the people who invented this shit don't even know what to do. This is the second time that they wasted a good food spot. The first was with Rusev. Remember that? At the, at the diner and they got into an altercation and, and, and everything stood intact and everyone just went back to eating. Not a biscuit was moved. Yeah, not a biscuit without a place at the end of that fucking thing. They did that again. It's like, what are they doing? Like, I like, like, are people only renting them this space? Promise not to break anything. No matter what you do, you can't touch anything. Because it's weird to me that you would rent out a spot or, or be or film in a new spot, which it costs more money and resources. You're not going to do a spot here where food goes everywhere. You went through the trouble of putting all that KFC out there, advertised it all night, and then didn't even put somebody through a table full of KFC food. <laughs> I remember the days when people used to get choke slides. Didn't I think it was once like Roman Reigns? Didn't he drive Heath Slater through a whole thing of food once? It just food went everywhere. They do this kind of stuff every Thanksgiving. Why fail now? Right. I've seen the ring covered in food before. Like, what are you? Yeah. The other notable thing about this match was Luke Luke Gallows. Uh, I believe it was Samoa Joe who mentioned that he's the it's the this the best kind of redneck kung fu or something that he says there. They've done that multiple times now. Right. Well, you know, Redneck Kung Fu, when I think of that, I don't really incorporate it with Luke Gallows. Maybe it's just me. Pretty sure we all think of the same person. Yeah. I think of freaking Mark Briscoe. Okay. It's just weird that they would take something so blatant like that, you know? And I think of a guy with long hair and missing teeth. <laughs> and Luke Not Gallows Luke doesn't Gallows. come off as a Redneck Kung Fu kind of guy because he isn't. So it's just a weird thing. He doesn't come about either redneck nor kung fu. Anyway, that being said, we do have an OC backstage thing they posted up here. Let's see if it's any good. Lou Carl, a raw tag team championship opportunity. Unfortunately, you didn't come home with a victory, but you did go through the KFC table. One thing (laughs) that I love more than the OC and my hot Asian wife is KFC chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy. I love mashed potatoes and gravy. (laughs) I smelled it. I saw those four fans sitting there eating it, enjoying it, loving it, and it threw me off. We don't say OC on our off days. We say original recipe. O-R, okay? How can you expect a man like this, living in the Florida sunshine, to not want to sink his teeth into some delicious, crispy, oh, 11 original herbs and spices running through his nostrils, and all we're trying to do are recapture the tag team. Tells the Viking Raiders... We are the only tag team who's ever beat them because we are what, Hoot? How am I supposed to concentrate? We have mashed potatoes and gravy from KFC all over the place. On my back, in my belt, down my pants, and on my fingers. Someday, Viking Raiders, someday, we'll get the Raw Tag Team titles back. 
best tag team in the world. Best tag team in the world. The hell? Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it's kind of funny when you see AJ and then they they went back to being comedic. Right. <laughs> comedic stuff going on with them. I love how he blames the loss on KFC chicken. At this point, no one even in the tag team division is taking uh, the division itself seriously. Nobody. No, no, only no. time only time you see the division is taken seriously is in NXT. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, next was the tables, ladders, and chairs match. King Corbin against Roman Reigns. And finished to this, all the King's horses and all the King's men came out, and Roman loses via end of days. Aaron Corbin wins. Mm-hmm. And 73% of you thought Roman was going over. 27% of you thought that Corbin was going over. All because of that dog food. You thought they were going to get throw this guy a bone. <laughs> You've been waiting on that one all night, haven't you? No, I literally, if you listen back, I stuttered there because I had, I, I just improv it right there. <laughs> I didn't, even, didn't even know about bone till I got to it. I was like, yeah, that fixed. That, that worked itself out good. Oh, so all those months of quiplash, all those years of quiplash, rather, hey, man. paid off. <laughs> you can think of this shit on the dime. Oh, man. Oh, God. Just think so, that. You got you got handcuffed to a ring post and covered in dog food just for to get your ass whooped. Yeah, yeah. So Corbin's hits an end of days on a steel chair as the finish here. Um. And I mean, it wasn't even the end of the abuse with the dog food because Corbin hits um, Roman. He punches him with dog food, right? Yeah, he. It's a phrase I never thought he punches him with dog food. Yeah, already he takes the the steel the the, the 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 sealed can and he hits him across the face with it. Gives him his Fucked dog up. food. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, Fox, look what you have! Look what you got! <laughs> you see that dog food bump? Uh <laughs> Also, we had uh, that big spot. One of the highlight spots was Roman's reverse power bomb into the into the uh, Samoan drop. Rather, Corbin's going for the power bomb. Roman reverses that into a Samoan drop. They go through the announce table. Oh yeah, that looked rough. Yeah, so rough to the point where you probably caught it. It's a, a little known thing that refs do. They go over uh, to a ref who's taking a, a hard bump and they squeeze they his hand, grab him by the hand. And you see him, they squeeze their hand to let them know they're okay. So, yeah, yeah. You have to during a pay-per-view like this. You know, Everybody got hand squeezed. Yeah, there's a lot of hand squeezing going around tonight, <laughs> man. Are you kidding me? People and um, just for the record, Cole, that's not a Superman kick. Yeah, right? He kept calling it Superman. Superman doesn't even really kick. And he's done that twice now. The first time he did on on SmackDown, he caught himself. But this time, he just went with it. He's just like, yeah, Superman kick. No, Superman no, doesn't really no. kick, my man. Superman doesn't really kick. But that was a good spot. You know, also Dolph Ziggler uh, pops up here. He winds up super kicking Reigns when he's running around on the outside. And he winds up, they wind up beating up the timekeeper. I'm not entirely clear what well, something I missed with the timekeeper. But for some reason, the timekeeper's old and ass whipping. And then um, all of the Corbin security comes out. He has his own private security. In case you didn't watch SmackDown, now they have like their own little legion of putties. And they show up and Roman winds up uh, beating them up with uh, a kendo stick. Yeah. He goes where he reigns with them. Yeah, so he kicks all their asses, but then he, in the distraction of it all, the revival attack him from behind, and they wind up taking the candlestick, and then he takes a beating with that for himself. Um, and then they now they have Roman to their advantage, and Ziggler winds up 
he basically bounces a chair off of Roman's face. Like, there's a point where Roman's doing the power up, the ooh, and Ziggler just throws a chair like at his face. Looked like a really good spot. Looked really carefully. Looked sort of like he got his hands up at the last minute. I don't know how effective the hands being up at that point were. It looked like even with the hands, it was still more face than hands. Um, so he basically takes a chair to the face, followed by a zigzag, and then they hit him with a shatter machine. And then after that, Corbin ends it with the end of days on a steel chair. So they kill Roman. What oh, do you think dude, about that? that was, face they put face blast, zigzag, down. shatter machine, got hit with everything, everything. They had used everything to take him out in this match. Very violent match. His face was a little swollen afterwards. I mean, you, it, yours would be too if you had to take a flying uh, chair to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what were your I thoughts mean, on the match? As, as usual, everything Rome, everything uh, Corbin did was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think when he does that spot where he slides to the outside of the ring, goes around the corner, comes back in, is it just me or is he getting faster and faster every time he does that spot? Yeah, yeah, he's always been really fast at that. Because like I, I, I he slid out of the ring, I blinked, and he was already back in on the other side. Yeah, he's good. He's a good worker, man. Very good. Yeah. He, I, I like how Booker put him over in the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because Booker knows his talent. Yeah, he's saying, like, Barry Corbin could be one of the best big men we've seen in a long time. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, I think they put him in a bad spot is the best way that I can frame it. Like, they put the poor guy in a bad spot where, like, they were shoving um, him down our throats for so many months and giving him that shitty role, the constable. Constable Corbin and everything. They made people hate him and then used him during the worst era. And then when everything fell apart, they basically decided to, uh, to blame him in the actual storyline to just go, Oh, you know whose yeah. fault it was that Rosen bad? It, it's his. So we're going to have all four McMahons come out and tell you how shitty it is because of him and how better it'll be now, which it never became. They know when to put on a good show though, like with a pay per view. Like, I mean, this isn't, I wouldn't say this is a great show, but this is a pretty average, uh, show you know what i mean like it, it didn't suck yeah you know. anything else on this match um yeah nothing else so far i mean hoping to see what happens next between these two yeah me too it would be a good rub for corbin for roman to basically not be able to beat him honestly like so that brings us to uh bray wyatt versus the miz i gotta talk a little bit about smackdown for us to be able to talk about this uh <laughs> this match because obviously we're not going to get to the storylines already progressed Miz and Maurice at least in storyline are the worst parents ever because if you go back and watch basically the story on Smackdown is and they showed it so many times tonight and but the way the cameras are and the way they cut it you probably don't catch it but uh Renee comes to Miz's house to interview him about what's happening with Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt And then they sense that something's wrong. And instead of going straight to the baby, they're looking at, you know, the little tablet, the little baby monitor tablet. They're looking at the crib through that tablet. And then it and then it cuts as they're looking. It cuts to the Firefly Funhouse in the tablet and Bray's there. And then it cuts back to the crib and there's like a new doll there. And then at that moment, they're like, oh, shit, we should run upstairs to where the baby is. So it's kind of like, wait a minute, that whole time you guys are looking at the tablet, you know something's wrong already. (laughs) Bray appears on it. Like, by the time he's appearing, I wouldn't be able to let him do his little video promo. You know what I mean? Like, he might be in the house with my kid. I'm already running up the steps. Fuck it. I'll multitask. I'll keep watching the, the, the tablet as I'm running up the steps. 
But just the fact that they stopped to look at the baby monitor thing and see that there's a Bray Wyatt thing on there and then let the whole thing play out and then go, okay, let's go. Let's go upstairs to where the baby is. That was really bad. <laughs> Unless this comes into play later on when Miz is a heel, that's terrible. And then to make matters even worse, to make matters even worse, when they finally get into the room, Miz opens the door and he puts, puts Maurice in first. He goes, go on, go on. <laughs> she goes ahead of him. Lady, sacrifice l- ladies first. <laughs> If shit goes down, this bitch is going first. Go, go, get in there. You get in there. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't think about that. Oh, man. Dude, go back and watch that segment the way he. <laughs> it's so. Oh, do we, is there a way to find Let me. I have to look online for it because it, 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 it was so poorly done. Oh, God. I didn't think about that. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> Chival- it was just such shit, you know? Chivalry is not dead. <laughs> yeah, not now. Terrible parents, man. Terrible. In the storyline, terrible parents. That oh, was the latest God. reaction that I've ever seen. Is this it? Yeah, I think I might have found. Give me just a minute. Keep talking, but give me a minute here to get this queued up. Because we have to take we have to observe the evidence here. <laughs> unless they unless they cut it better on on uh on YouTube, which I don't even think that uh they're aware of how stupid it looked to go through that much trouble. Let's be real. We know good well that ain't getting cut better on YouTube. They were just like, yeah, this is wonderful. His heroic wife went in, followed by the heroic husband to save their child. And, and then I think about it, it's just like, yeah, he wouldn't. The second I see the weird doll, and I'm in the room. Like, <laughs> Yeah. The, no, the moment that, the, that I'm no longer seeing the baby monitor and I'm seeing Bray's face and the, I'm like, no, I'm going to the room. Like, Why would I need to finish like, listening like, to this shit? The, the second she pulls up on that monitor and I see a doll I have never gotten my child. Like, like and there was a solid like few seconds where they're looking at it and then the thing, but I'm in there long before the video pops up. Who's stopping to look at the baby monitor? Rich folk. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Consuela? <laughs> Who's stopping to look at the baby monitor? <laughs> Tell you something, I've been a house in the ghetto that video when they had trying to play. <laughs> yeah, the moment you knew something was up. <laughs> Wait, let me stop to watch this cutscene. Like, fuck I <laughs> Okay, I found it. I'm, I'm getting it to the spot so we don't have to watch the whole interview. Because <laughs> in my head, like, I was wondering how this is how they're going to work Bray into this. Like, how is this going to turn out? I no, did not see this coming. All right, here we go. Hi. Hi. What, what, what? You okay? You okay? What's wrong? What's wrong? Right there. I'm like, go, go, go. You okay, sweetheart? You okay? You okay? Go, 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 go. You okay? Where's Shit, dude. Go, go, go. That motherfucker, what is a green beret? <laughs> Yo, they they had enough time for Bray to get. That's a good question, Stacey. What about the, what about the other kid? Fuck him. We don't have time for him in the story. <laughs> <laughs> Parent Trap 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this straight, people. 
Bray had enough time to get <laughs> Abby the doll in the crib. Pop up a video of himself, say "Let me in," and then get the buzzard, the pig, and the fucking. Oh my god, that was very poorly done. Oh, it's just been a real life situation. Those kids would have been dead. <laughs> this this angle would have taken a completely different turn. Oh, oh man. my god, it's so much funnier watching the back talking about that. Like, oh my god, yeah, that was done like shit. <laughs> Kid, fuck him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never thought about that. You don't see, you don't see the little one. What about the other That's kid? Fuck him. One out of one's not bad, right? One out of two's not bad. We still get an achievement. Fuck it, we got, we got the oldest one. This one's developed. Yeah, we're not as attached to the other one. I respect these skills. We good. We... we figured the beast has one. We have one. Whatever. Oh, oh my god. Anyway. Holy crap, so Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. Now we're up to this match. Yay. The thing that it called The one thing, that I can, and it didn't become more apparent until this moment. Why the fuck is... So this man has invaded your house. Fuck with your kids. But you're still hitting poses on ropes? What? It, it didn't hit me until I saw the first time, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait. And <laughs> it's funny you point that out, because I didn't think about it until The Miz reminded me earlier in the night before the match happened where he was like i'm not going out there as the miz i'm going out there as a father i'm going out there as a as a husband to this is to protect my family as a man protecting his family i came to play and it is to spin to strike the pole point to the thing it was kind of i was and it's like i don't i don't know how i feel about it because i wasn't thinking oh he shouldn't have done that i was more wondering if he would like i was thinking hmm i wonder if now that he said that if he's gonna do like just march to the ring angrily and you know fuck the intro and everything but the fact that I was wondering if he's going to do that probably is a testament to the fact that maybe that's what he should have done. Like, the fact that I had to even think in my head, I wonder what his intro is going to be now that he's angry, is probably a testament to the fact that he should have been angry. And people have done that in the past. Yeah. You know, I've seen that? superstars do that before, you know. That's the way, that's the stuff that's missing, man. This is what I mean when I say everybody's choreographed, you know, they're all like the Cats musical and shit. You know, it's like everybody is posing and choreographed up the ass. And it bothers me, you know, when you see stuff like that, you know, think about the back in the day. Like if you saw someone like The Rock and Stone Cold or or uh, or freaking Kurt Angle and Stone Cold or someone when they would come face to face on the ramp, like after they've been in a heated storyline for a while and they would just fucking charge at each other. Whoever was the champion would, would throw the title in the air and they would just fucking collide. The title slams on the ground behind them. And just, you know what I mean? There should be some emotion to something like this. It's like you. I, 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 I So I kind of agree where you're coming from, where you're saying, like, you know, he still had time to do his, his rope pose and everything. Like, you know? I'm thinking about it now. You That reminds me of one of them. That's that Armageddon hell in a cell. Kurt Angle came out. His pyro came out. There was no posing. No nothing. Yeah, no. That, and that's, that's, you know, there should be. Don't add emotion to something. <laughs> yeah, and then, you, and then you're still doing it. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a minor gripe. But if you want to add some realism to your storylines, maybe don't always have shit like that happen, is what I feel. You know, another thing, and this is a, just a, since while we're on the thing of complaining about bullet points with storylines, I don't like revelations for no reason. Remind me to go into this more tomorrow night. But, and what I mean by revelations with no reason, I don't like when they're like, and it was a trick all along. And it was, and then the question you would ask is, but why? Why was it a trick all along? That happens all the time in modern wrestling. It's almost like these new writers have forgotten what the purpose of this is. Everyone's trying to make more money and be the champion. So sometimes when it's like, ah, you really fell for my plan? You thought I was pregnant? <laughs> but why? Like, back when I grew up watching wrestling, 
and I don't want to sound old here, but back when I grew up watching wrestling, if you had a strategy like that and you were going to reveal someone who was a traitor or a new member of your stable, you were going to wait until it was most useful. You were going to wait until a title match. You were going to wait until the person had a championship that you needed. You were going to wait until they're about to reach up and grab something off of a ladder that you want, whether it be a money in the bank. You were going to wait until the moment fucking comes when now I'm taking the fucking time getting out of here. Fuck them. This is what I was waiting for all along. You know what I mean? We, we set this yeah. whole thing up to get your, to get your title from you or to get your money in the bank from you, to get your spot from you. That's the, the, it's like, let's not forget that this is a story about people trying to make it to the top in a wrestling company. So it's weird when the tricks lately, have just been tricks. Like someone will just hit somebody in the back and just be like, blah, meh. And that's it. There's no reason. <laughs> it used to, it used to be that this was an intricately set up plan and that the reason we're doing it is because we had to wait until we made sure that you had the title and that you were alone and that your friends were gone and that you trusted me and that no one could get to you because you were in a steel cage and whatever, whatever the case is. Now I turned on you and everybody when you needed me the fucking most. You know, I think at the end of the day, Cody and MJF is a better example, even though I didn't want there to ever be a turn there. That's a better example of how you do it. You fucked him over. Like you didn't just screw up his evening. You, you know, like he can't be the champion anymore. You ruined the pay-per-view. You know, that's a heel move. It's like these guys, they'll do it where it's like, ah, well, that Monday was kind of rough for me. And that's it. Nothing really happened to him. You know, like, <laughs> like with the Rusev situation. Ha, huh, you really believed I was pregnant? But so what? So what if he believed you? No, no harm came to him. Yeah, he took a few bumps. He's going to go home. He can go to a fucking Cracker Barrel on the way home. He's not going to the emergency room. You set that whole intricate plan up just to minorly inconvenience your ex-husband for a few minutes. Just like the fuck you later. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just weird. It used to be that these plans, and that's why the audience would get mad, because you're drawing the audience in because they're waiting for this person who they're chasing the title with to win it. They're about to finally do it. You think that this is the moment, and then this shit happens and it ruins everything. This person who you thought you could fucking trust that, that led them the whole way there, fucks them in the end. They're the Benny Blanco from the Bronx, you know what I mean? And this is Carlito's way, you know? You just thought that you were going to get there, and right at the end of it, look at what fucking happened. That's how you do heat. Sometimes these storylines just feel like they're just mischief. You know, like, ha nah, nah, fooled ya. Like, don't turn on someone unless there's an advantage. I want to yeah, go... Kind of example, um, I can't remember which takeover it was when uh, Roger Strong joined Undisputed Era. He got him a tag title shot. There was an end game to him turning on Pete Dunne. Yeah, and also even Rollins with the AOP guys. Why not reveal that you're with the AOP at some point where you would get some benefit? You would get some spot that you wouldn't have had since you have no spot and no title right now. How great would it be to reveal that when no one's expecting and you need them to to hoist you up for a belt or or take some people out so you can have an advantage? Now everybody knows the three of you are together and all you did was reveal it on some shitty Raw ending that meant nothing. And you were fucking with a person who had no title to offer you. So you see what I mean? It's like, there's almost like they're just writing for the sake of writing, but they're not thinking of the motivations behind the characters. Like, why are these people doing this? Just to, just to have that little, like, how petty would that be? These little momentary things, you know, say what you want about the NWO and the stable and, and gang warfare, but there was always a plan to take over the company or to have all the titles or to have all the power or to be a GM or, or commissioner, like to position someone where you would basically have the most stroke. That's what it's really about. These are, this is a play for power. Yeah. So it's just weird. Some kind of stopped, an end game. Yeah, at some point wrestling stopped being a bunch of people trying to play for money and power, and it just became a bunch of people trying to see who they could fool. You know, like, ha, got him. That last Monday he got me, but this Monday I fooled him. He didn't expect me to pop out of that hot dog. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Is there any plan besides <laughs> this though? Like, now he's gonna get you back next week. This is kindergarten shit. 
in you my know? head, I really went back and tried to think, who the fuck popped out of a hot dog? And you know what like, I mean? Oh, but no, think oh, about okay. those corporate grabs we used to have. People would take over the entire company. People like Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon, you know, a lot of the power trips and then the people that will go under them and the stables that would form and the Paul Heyman's Deadly Alliance and the NWO and all this shit. Like, it was always, the, the driving motivation was always power. It was never just petty, I'm going to get oh. your ass back. A prime example, speaking of Paul Heyman, look at two times when Paul Heyman's turned on somebody. He turned on Brock because he was convinced Brock couldn't keep the championship, so he wanted still that power of being with the world champion. And then he turned on RVD, not just because of the weed, but because he was just like, hey, Big Show's probably going to beat him. I might as well just side with Big Show now while I got the chance. There was an yeah. end game to it. There's no longer long-term booking. It's all hotshot booking, so that's kind of shame. I don't want to segue too far away from things. I know we already did, but... um, Yeah. Oh, it's too late. Yeah, way too late for that. But hey, you know what? We need filler. There wasn't a lot to really talk about here. There, yeah. There's some extra filler for you there. And, and you we're know. better at filler than they are, so I mean. Yeah. Getting back to over here with the non title match, Bray Wyatt versus The Miz, finish being um, Sister Abigail with the voting results coming in 36% of you thinking that Bray was going over, 18% of you for The Miz, 45% of you with being the majority thought this was going to be DQ, no contest. You were wrong. It's Sister Abigail against regular Firefly Funhouse Bray. And I'm going to just say that even if he's in that form, if they keep him strong, which is what they did here, it'll still work. But if they make it like the demon thing with uh, Balor, where you know he's not really a threat without it, you got to really only worry about it when when he's there. Then they're just gonna then just by the way that they that company is, then he's just gonna wind up jobbing a lot because they're gonna want to emphasize the fiend more if they make that separation. And yeah. the only way that they can think of, since they're so uncreative of emphasizing the fiend, would be to constantly show the regular form getting his ass kicked and saying shit like if he was the fiend, if he was the fiend, oh he's the fiend this time. So I, I if they manage to stay away from that stigma and he, they just keep him strong where even if he's the firefly guy like the way they were doing in this match where like he's playful but then there were moments of rage where he would attack and then he would turn back to normal but then the small burst he was dangerous if they keep that as just another element of him being not weaker but just a different kind of dangerous which is what they they're doing so far this can work but that's what i don't want i don't want it to be the ballot thing where it's like a power up. this is a different part of this character he's dangerous just as much but in his own way is what exactly. they you know, what they need. It shouldn't be that now he could fight. He could fucking get pinned by Zack Ryder. You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. he, it's just still the so, same. The same top guys that are worried about him. It may not be a scary enough one, but the same top guys that are worried about him. If anything, that should be the surprise is that somebody should underestimate him where it's like, you know, they figure fuck it. It's regular Bray Wyatt. And then they realize, you know, that that's even more deceiving than when it is the fiend, you know, not to sleep on him yeah. either way. That's where they need to go with it. So yeah, I which I feel that like that was kind do. of the purpose of this show. And like, Hey, even though it's not the fiend, it's still not something to mess with. Yeah. So I do like that. I like that aspect of it. Yeah. I definitely like, uh, probably one of my favorite things. It's my favorite aspect of the character was, uh, after the match was over and the fiend pops up on the screen that's why I was talking about that acknowledgement as if Bray seen a completely different person. It's not just him under the mask. It's not yeah. where it's like Balor acknowledges, hey, it's just the, the demon is me. I am the demon. Bray treats the fiend as if it's a completely separate person. He treats the fiend like it's a completely separate person to the point, And I like that about the character to the point where Daniel Bryan was able to use the fiend entrance to trick Bray into thinking that the fiend was coming out. I like yeah. that swerve there where it's like he's so that crazy. <laughs> he's so crazy that Daniel Bryan was able to trick him into thinking that the fiend was coming because in Bray's mind, the fiend, it would be very possible for him to show up. 
Yeah, he, you know? when he won the lights went out, he started screaming, he's coming. And he thought it was The Fiend, but it was Daniel Bryan. So that's an interesting element of things. And then I did like Daniel Bryan's attack, of course, you know. Uh, I believe he hit the Busyko knee. Also, he pulls out the mallet. He takes Bray's mallet and uh, he almost mallets him. But Bray uses the darkness teleport, you know, that all dark characters have. He teleports the fuck out of there. So, so when you think about it, in kayfabe, The Fiend uh, saved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course we got a little a look at Daniel Bryan we haven't seen in years. Yeah, the only thing he, this was missing with ROH logo. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Like it was kind of like now he shaved, so he's different. Like I think it's more like just he shaved. You know, it's just weird to me. Yeah. And I said this in the chat room. Daniel Bryan got more of a reaction for shaving his beard and mustache, which he's done many times over the years, than Bobby Lashley's getting for putting his penis into Lana. <laughs> Like more people cared. Look at his beard. It's gone. There's no beard. Everyone was going nuts. No, it's Daniel Bryan and there's no beard. It's Daniel Bryan and there's no beard. You know, and it's like they gave more of a fuck about his facial hair than about Bobby Lashley banging Lana. Let's see where the KFC chicken got more of a pop than Lashley got for banging Lana. Yeah, they were more. They were more in despair for the chicken getting swatted off the fucking table. <laughs> You know, they didn't like that. More than they, they, they have more empathy for the chicken. More empathy for the chicken. Everybody that went down for tomorrow. <laughs> it would even stick to tomorrow's show, right? <laughs> hey, you know I keep that notepad right there. So, I mean, oh, God. But if we wanted to work our way back to the chicken, I mean, maybe. But, oh, God. But, yeah, like it's just it's funny. And I thought about that when you said that. I died. I was like, that's so true. Yeah. They they cared more about that, and then the, and then I wasn't sure if he was still going to be the yesing Daniel Bryan, but yeah, it was just a shave. He's still at the top of the ramp. He has the big yes celebration with everybody, and he's back, and he's okay. You see what I mean? But there we go again with motivations being weird of people. So you're this dark character with these evil intentions, and you're the WWE champion. You're the top person in the company, and your secret plan led to you pulling Daniel Bryan under the ground and shaving him so he could show up later looking nice and clean and spiffy all Gillette shine and shit and just kick your ass. Like, how did that, what, what was the, what were you going to do? You know what I mean? It's like, hell, shave me. <laughs> it's more like a courtesy than it is like a punishment. <laughs> Everyone was expecting Danny Bryan to show up and be all disheveled and shit. And just like something bad happened to him. He's a darker character. He turned him into one of them. Everyone had all this speculation. He won't be the same. He'll be cold and distant. Everyone was acting like it was Jon Snow in the fucking for the watch scene. You know, like they didn't show what kind of Danny Brown was going to come back from the other side. He just fucking he got to shave. You see what I mean? Look, what's the motivation there? What is the motivation there? It's just weird, he right? Looking, he, he was looking kind of scruffy. You know, you know? maybe he should open up Bray's Barbershop. Oh, God. Firefly Barbershop. There you go. Yeah. You know, open it up and just give people nice shaves. Is that what you do? Like Awesome Kong was more intimidating because at least she was shaving people's actual hair off and shit. Like, you just give somebody a nice clean shave. <laughs> right. It looks so clean. That's it was so like- good. You know, good job. Have, 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 have him look like mankind with the fucking missing patches and shit, man. Watch, there's gonna be people lined up to get their ass kicked by him. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the line for the shave? The shave Wyatt. <laughs> I'm I'm here to oh. see Shave Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stands about the middle of the ring. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, Shave Wyatt. It's gotta be. It's gotta be like. It's gotta be like the old Dudley Boys bit back at ECW where it was like a thousand Dudleys. Get Bray Wyatt, Fiend Wyatt, and Shave Wyatt. Yeah, they all have a special ability, but this one particularly, he always had a guy on there <laughs> ready to shave people. You know what I mean? Like, and then what? What's the plan afterward, Bray? 
After he's nice and shaved, what's next? A bath? Next thing you know, it's pedicure Wyatt. It's Manny yeah. Petty Wyatt. There you go. Yeah. Then then I gave him then he gave me a bath. And he used Irish <laughs> he, he used Irish spring. And I'm more of oh, an ivory God. guy. Chiropractor Wyatt. Yeah, you know, back rub Wyatt. Happy ending Wyatt. There you no. go. <laughs> That's where we draw the line. <laughs> That's not a Wyatt we can have. <laughs> we don't need that Wyatt. Wow. Oh, God. Okay, so, I guess now we're up to, oh, God help us, we're up to Lashley and, uh... <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we're here. We didn't want to be here, but we're here. God, oh, So, yeah. Bobby Lashley, Lashley Rus- versus Rusev, which we already talked about them a lot in the beginning with the TMZ thing, though. The the, the finish, was that a botch at the end? It had to be, right? It had to be a botch, because Lashley did it. Yeah, so Lashley botches the finish. He's supposed to spear Rusev, I think, through the table. Yeah, but and the they, table just didn't go. Because they didn't go, have enough momentum, so he winds up having to inadvertently, uh, I guess, suplex him, right? Through the table yeah, it was that like was it was like a, opposite a, corner, almost like a beal or something. Like, yeah, you see what I mean, Bobby Lashley. Look at how ugly that was. How do you? I've never seen somebody fuck up a spear through a table. I've seen the table break at an odd angle, maybe, but I've never seen the table just not budge. Welcome to Bobby Lashley land, man. Like, like I, I can't even. I, I feel like I'm disrespecting Bachman by calling that I am the table because the table did nothing wrong. Yeah, no, you got to hit the table for it to break. This isn't telepathy. Right? You if know. you hit the table and the table doesn't budge, that's different. Lashley hit the table with no momentum. I give credit wrong. for the recovery. Like, if that was supposed to be the way that it happened, then that was just a bad idea. It was so ugly that you almost think it's intentional. Like, it, it, it couldn't, that couldn't have been the way it was supposed to happen. Because it's like, I look, I think back to, it made me think back to that Hell in the Cell with Sasha and Charlotte, where Sasha threw her through the table. Sasha was just too small. Maybe it was and supposed to happen that way. Egg. Maybe it was supposed to happen that way, but it was just supposed to look better. Oh God! It, I don't know how that could look better though. That's a weird part. Like, yeah, oh. me either. Yeah, but, but this 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 match happened. <laughs> yeah, God. and um, I like that awkward joke. King mentions how Rusev would have sex with Lana everywhere, and he was like, "Reminds me of my first wife. She would want Olympic sex." And there's like this awkward pause, and they ask, "What's that?" And he he went every four years. <laughs> Awkward I as hell. I there was just awkward as hell. No one knew what to say or what to do. I don't think it was so much that they were no selling it as it was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. In hindsight, I just feel like it's like kind of moment where it's like I got nothing. Like just... You see, every now and then King's zingers, his little one liners, they they still they still have that punch to them. You know? Because a lot of the time people roll their eyes, but every now and then he still has a gem left in him. Because I wasn't even waiting for a joke there. I didn't know what he was talking about. (laughs) Oh, God, that was great. Every four years. Great setup, man. Oh, God, that was the best part of the whole match was that joke. Yeah, for sure. You see what I mean? You could still have fun with a pay-per-view. Yeah. A view of paper. Yeah, you don't sound as, uh, as sure of yourself about it, huh? You know, it's because I had to endure Lashley on my TV screen to get there. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's like that time Moxley had to crawl through the grass to get to the rope. Like, it's great when you get to the end, but then when you go through that middle thing, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I get but the, it's Just for Lashley to win again, like, really? That's what we're doing? Like, mm-hmm. But, yeah, either way, Rusev 
doesn't get his heat back here either. It basically becomes more fucking Bobby Lashley and Lana. Lana and Lashley. Yeah. But guess what? It's not over there because they put up their, their little video thing. Um, Lana, divorces are very tough, and yours has been very, very public. But do you feel like tonight was the closing of a chapter with Bobby Lashley uh, getting that win? Closing the chapter with me? Closing the chapter with Rusev. With Rusev, there we go. Happy, Let's get it straight. Just, you know, don't mess up your words. That's your job, you know? Like, do the right thing, say the right thing. That's your job. This, of course, is the end of Rusev. It actually, you know... I have good news and bad news. The good news is my Bobby and I are going to live happily ever after forever and ever and ever. And I always mess up my words because he just makes me so flustered. His love. Oh, my gosh. I, li- I mean, he would fluster your words to this just beautiful man. But he's my Bobby. And the bad news is that Arusev Day is officially canceled. Aww. Have a good one. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would have canceled that promo. Let me, you know, I, I got to go back and uh, I hate to have to go back on a Bobby Lashley promo. You, uh, yeah, I think I think very, I know exactly. very public. But do you feel like tonight was the closing of a chapter with Bobby Lashley uh, getting that win? Closing the chapter with me? <laughs> no, you fool. <laughs> What's that one guy say? Uh, the Bosch guy, Bobby Lashley, is the most confused person on earth. Yo, this <laughs> there was a comma there, Lashley. I have to hear it one more time. It's funny. You see what I mean? About it? Listen to this. And very, very public. But do you feel like tonight was the closing of a chapter with Bobby Lashley uh, getting that win? Closing the chapter with me. There we go. Let's get it straight. You know, no, she said it right. She said it was it a closing of a chapter with Bobby Lashley oh. getting that win. Not closing of a chapter with Bobby Lashley. Two things. One, Lashley, you're an idiot. And Two, also I'm Lashley. gonna need Lana to work on her comebacks because she was garbage in this promo. The freaking pre-show was a nightmare. Like every comeback, it was just like really like are you in high school, bitch? Like answer the question and shut the fuck up. <laughs> fucking painful dealing with her promos. Jesus. Wish she would have gone through a table tonight. My God, <sighs> this this happened and we endured it. That's oh, did we even bring up the voting results for this shit? <sighs> I, I we might have maybe. Yeah, stroke them through that. Nine percent of you thought Lashley was going over. Seventy three percent of you thought it would be Rusev. Eighteen percent of you thought it'd be no contest. See, nine percent. I don't know what y'all was thinking. I don't care if you won. You don't vote for Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Hard to believe we're almost at the end, huh? Oh, God, that alone felt like the length of the pay-per-view. I know, right? Uh, I, you know what the funny thing is? Wrestle Kingdom's next month. I'll get through all six, seven hours of that, and it'll still be easier than that promo. So then we have the WWE Women's Tag Team TLC match. Kabuki Warriors, Asuka, and Carrie Sane defending against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Finish being the Kabuki Wars going over Asuka, only one at the top of the ladder, pulling both belts down and winning. The story being told here, the real backstory here, is the brutality in this match. There was a lot of things happen. I even suspect that Kyrie Sane must be hurt. 
Um, that being said, a couple spots, notable spots here. Kyrie Sane's um, running drop kick into the steel chair that Asuka's holding in front of Charlotte's face. Very good basement drop kick there. I thought that was very well done. Uh, they yeah. definitely were going. I mean, these girls always go for brutal. That's the way things are nowadays. You know, everything's just they about kick these... the shit out of each other. Like I was frightened because of last year. Yeah, when so, I was like, "Oh wait, Oscar and Becky and Charlotte are in the same match again." Yeah, sixty-four percent of you thought that Becky and Charlotte were going over by the way and taking it from the Kabuki Wars, which the other twenty-seven percent of you thought that they were going. Nine percent of you thinking it's going to no contest. Not sure how that would happen in the TLC. That really shouldn't have even been an option. So it might be partially my fault there, but uh. Yeah, so that was a really good spot. Kyrie Sane not very good at getting uh chairs into the ring. She's throwing chairs and they're like recoiling off of the ropes back she, to the outside. She was like Sabu in those chairs into the ring. Yeah, you know, Becky has her nice leg drop off of the top through the table to the outside on Asuka. It looked really bad. You know, just I mean not bad in a bad way, but the way Asuka had to take the brunt of that was rough. She um, Asuka caught all ass on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no leg in that leg drop. And then the spot that might have been the defining spot is when Kyrie Sane um went to splash Becky through the I am the table because she goes for a splash. The table doesn't break. I have to go back and look and see the spot to see exactly what happens. But it looked like she was knock silly. She was a little loopy after that. She seemed yeah. out of it for the rest of the match. Charlotte even so, at one point went for a um a power bomb through the table. I guess just to have her out of the match and she was too out of it. She, she was dead weight. Like you could see poor Charlotte trying to get her up. It didn't really, I didn't get the impression Kyrie saying knew where she was when she was up on Charlotte's shoulders. Yeah. So what I'm, cause I was looking through social media a little bit. The word is, I guess it might have been um at one point when I guess uh, Kyrie got hit with a monitor word is Kyrie might be concussed. So she probably that's probably she was like when she saw that side when she probably literally fought through that match and just like kept pushing like a freaking G because it looks like one of uh, the pages I follow called the spotlight. It looked like I guess uh, Becky tweeted uh, at Kyrie saying WWE you are truly a warrior. So something definitely happened in that match and it's like literally Becky giving her props for fighting through all that craziness. Yeah, that's crazy, which, I mean, I guess we'll be talking about the injury tomorrow night after Raw. Yeah, but, I mean, this match, for Kyrie, and this was Kyrie's first, like, ladder, TLC, any kind of match of this kind. For her, this to be our first one, she did pretty decent. She got she got comfortable with the toys real quick. <laughs> there was yeah. one uh, chair shot, I think, when, because at one point they tied Becky to a ladder like it was a railroad spike. And, uh... <laughs> Charlotte's going to untie Becky and Oscar hit her with that chair and you could literally watch Charlotte go, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. They had to bleep her out. <laughs> she got to that dump button. So yeah, bad. it was when she was trying to untie her from the from the ladder. Yeah, she you took know? that neck. I don't know what it is. Like they let Charlotte let little girls hit her so hard. Yeah, absolutely. I'm scared when Charlotte's in matches like these. Yeah, rough stuff. Rough stuff going on here, man. This was this yeah, was definitely you. one of the more brutal ones, um, and like I said, she seemed out of it. You know, um, I also yeah, liked Asuka power bombing Charlotte from the top through a table on the bottom. That was also really good. But uh, the whole time, it seemed like there was a lot of talk. If you go back and watch the match, there was a lot of the ref and e- and even the different girls at different points talking to Kyrie saying, trying to talk her through something, trying to check on her. The whole latter part of the match was just them trying to, uh, I guess, until to the point where they just put her out over by the ringside and then Asuka wins the title by herself, you know? Yeah, so they, they knew she was hurt, but it was trying to, like, 
almost see maybe where she was at. I almost feel like at some point it seemed like Kyrie was just on autopilot. Yeah, like when exactly. she was throwing the chairs in the ring, it seemed like she was just throwing them because she knew she had to throw them into the ring, but wasn't even aiming or anything. Yeah, yeah. So something happened there. And I'm, and of course, by tomorrow night, we'll, we'll have more information about that. Yeah. Overall, though, this pay-per-view did have, um, I guess we would say more good than bad. It, it didn't have a big fight feel the entire time, but they did definitely deliver. And everyone uh, was it was more violent than your average pay-per-view. It definitely lived up to, to the name of being a TLC pay-per-view. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, as far as post stuff goes, I don't know if you want to get any, any more post stuff interviews before we get out of here. There's, the only ones I see here are New Day, King Corbin, and Zelina Vega. Um, The New Day one might be interesting, I guess. All right. So we get the New Day one. I'm going to give me a minute to cue that up. But yeah, overall, I think that uh, it did better than some of the average pay-per-views that they've done, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in and, uh, I think the only thing I disagree with, and it's because... As time went on, I started to realize the concussion had nothing to do with it. Why are we going back to the Corbin and Rain shit? We we dealt with this already. Like, we, <laughs> and I could tell it was a pre-planned thing because they mentioned that they were still fighting during the women's match. So whether Kyrie would have got hurt or not, they would have gave Kyrie, they would give Oscar two seconds to celebrate, and then boom, back to them fighting, just for it to be kind of underwhelming, like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know why these two guys need to be in this feud. I mean, um, again, I like Corbin more than Reigns as far as the way he works in the ring. So I can't complain about that. But yeah, this is a revisited feud that used to be on Raw, right? Yeah, they they were fighting on Raw too. (laughs) They literally moved a feud over to another brand. That is unbelievable, just in case we haven't had enough of it. And like I said, he works good. And you know what? At this point, Reigns works good. You know, yeah, like he's he gotten does, better. He's, he's good enough for what he does. Like what what his intended purpose is, he's gotten good enough for, and I can't complain about that. He works the way that they want him and need him to work. So so be it. Anyway, let's look at this new day stuff here. Kofi Biggie, what a way to kick off TLC with an awesome, exhilarating, thrilling ladders match, and you know what? Retaining those SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now. How did you achieve the success out there? How do we achieve it? Look, we, we knew that it was going to be a brutal contest. It's a ladder match. The revival, we've been going at it. But the difference today was that ladder it represented a mountain to climb, an iron mountain to climb, and who, to just to prove that who, who was the best. We bled for it. You see it right there. You see it right there. That's what it's all about. You got you to tip the hat to the revival, man. They are... They are an amazing tag team. They've been doing it together for a very long time. They're very talented. And tonight was a true test. We always want to go up against the best competition, no matter what. And the Revival brought their all tonight. But we proved exactly why we are your seventh time. W-W-E World Tag Team Champions, baby. We need the perfect foil to be at our very best. Like I always say, iron sharpens iron. And those boys were iron sharp tonight. So I got to give it to them. Uh, I'll probably have a lot of regrets uh, tomorrow. But tonight we celebrate. Tonight we did it. We talked about elevating the tag team division. We talked about heating it up again after it had cooled down. The Revival brought their best, and we were just a little bit better. <sighs> Congratulations. Enjoy that celebration. That's right. Yeah, that beginning was a bad idea off the ladder. That was a, a, ladder. Man, was a bad idea. Sacrificing life and limb. That's what it's all about. All for your boy. And now we're going to FaceTime my boy right now. We know he's at home. He's on social media. Hashtag the off season. You know he's doing what he do. We're going to say what's up to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
my god yeah we'll get those up on social media for you after the show and uh yeah we do we did the uh did we do all of the the result ticker here with kabuki warriors like i said 27 percent of you guys thought that 64 percent you thought charlotte was going over so charlotte and becky were going over sorry to disappoint you yeah the kabuki's continue to run all right well are we done here yep that's it yeah that is it fantastic so guys we'll be back for the regular show tomorrow and that being said thank you to everyone who hung out with us tonight for the entire pay-per-view and for the poll show afterwards all of you guys that were here same old mikey and stasis dreams and ac joe woko eb willie v2 barbed subset 886 mr e35 fire striker 24 mark 710 germs the legend and of course, all of you listening across the airwaves on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, at the dot com, and everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 356, your WWE TLC 2019 post show. For myself, Rick Dara, and Destin, we are out of here. Now I'm going to go eat me some of that chicken. Shut it down. <laughs>